You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my always lovely other half, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey. How's it going? I'm good today. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about something serious. We're going to be talking about how to get over an affair. Yeah. I look forward to your answers. <clears throat> well, I want to know what you think. I think this is an important conversation for everyone in a relationship, but we're actually going to be talking about it from the perspective of the cheater. Hmm. Interesting. Right? How to move through the guilt and the shame. So before we get to the question that somebody sent in, want to shout out our sponsor, letsgetchecked.com. They offer all sorts of home wellness and health tests, including STIs. And I was actually looking at some research out of Canada this morning by, I'm going to try and get this right, the Sex Information and Education Council of Canada came out with data showing that young people are reporting lower access to sexual health and reproductive health services since the onset of the pandemic. It makes sense when you think about them perhaps not being on campus and having access to different sexual health counseling uh, and free health centers, especially when we think about so many people maybe living at home and maybe they need their parents to drive them someplace and don't want to ask. So this is an option for folks. Let's get checked. You receive a box, a kit, and you take your sample by yourself at home. You mail it in and they provide your results securely online in a matter of days. So folks, please do check it out. Let'sgetcheck.com. And please, please use code Dr. Jess to save and also so that they know that you heard about it here. All right. So I'm going to read out the question that I received about how to get over the guilt and shame and other associated feelings of cheating because this is a tough one and I wanted to actually spend some time on it with you. So this person writes in and says, I've been in a serious relationship for almost 12 years. We've been cohabitating for 11 years. During our ninth year together, I had an affair. After sleeping with the other person for the second time, I felt tremendous guilt and I cut off all ties. I haven't told my partner and at this point I don't think it's worth it. I have reached out to two of my closest friends who have been supportive and non-judgmental, but I can't seem to shake the shame and guilt for hurting someone who has done nothing but be the best partner I could ask for. I think it is worth noting that we were at a very low point in our relationship when I slept with the other person and since deciding that I needed to be a better partner and work at my relationship, things have been better than ever before. I'm reaching out for advice on how I can move on and not feel like a horrible person who doesn't deserve love from my partner. Wow, there's a lot There's a lot here. Yeah, and you know, thank you so much for sharing. You know, I don't think we often talk about how to take care of the person who has an affair in the context of getting over an affair because, of course, the first place we go to is caring for the partner. And obviously, when you're cheated on, you need care and love and reassurance and space to feel and process and express your feelings. And this is something we talk about often. You know, I've written blogs and articles on how to get over someone who cheats on you, 
uh, done interviews on kind of how to recover from an affair as a couple. And of course, there are thousands and thousands of articles out there on how to recover after you've been cheated on. But I do think there's far, far less discussion about how to recover and move on and heal after you've cheated. And I know this can be quite upsetting for some people, triggering for some people, like, well, why are you spending time on this? But this is just a, you know, another human being struggling. So I really am glad you sent this question in because everyone with all of our imperfections and all of our mistakes and all of our regrets, every single person deserves to heal and love and be loved and find happiness and peace and fulfillment. You know, we've got I always think we have such a short time on this earth that it just makes sense that we have to make the most of it, right? Don't waste a day. Don't waste a jelly bean. We think about, you know, your life in days as jelly beans in a jar. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, when you think about how quickly those jelly beans get eaten or consumed, especially when you like the jelly beans. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so first and foremost, I think we we might want to address a question that I get often, which is, should I confess to having had an affair or having had cheated? And obviously, you've already said that you haven't told your partner, partner you don't plan on telling them, so this is, may not be directed at you, but I, I think it's an important question to consider for everyone, and I, I don't have an answer. I don't have a universal answer. I think you have to decide what's appropriate in your circumstance, in your relationship. And, but I do want to talk about this kind of notion of confession, because I, I, this, this is something that comes up a lot. I uh, really want to highlight that in regard to confessing, in some cases, confessing is really about assuaging your own guilt and working through your own shame, meaning that it's not really about being honest with your partner or repairing or improving the relationship. But in some cases, for some people, I notice that it's really about getting it off your chest, relieving a sense of tension that you're struggling with. And so in some cases, I've seen it do a lot of harm. So I've seen couples in which one partner reveals that they've had an affair from the past, oftentimes to assuage their own uncomfortable feelings. And then the other partner sometimes, okay, I want to be really clear, human variation here, will say, I wish I never, I wish they never told me. Hmm. So for folks who are kind of thinking about this, uh, I think it's just helpful to ask yourself and really dig deep as to why do you want to confess? Confess is such a strong word to me, right? Like, it, I don't know, it's think, tied to the Catholic I Church. I religion, yeah. Yeah, like in grade two, I had my first confession. I've never had a formal confession. I am not Catholic. I am not religious. Well, I'm not, but they put me in the box anyway. <laughs> They're like, go in the box with well, the priest. If, if about, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to reserve any commentary right now. I've been, yeah, anyway, p please continue. Yeah, we had to go and give our first confession. And I remember coming up with sins. Like, really? Well, of course, because I mean, in, you know, in the eyes of the church and just being a human, you're screwing up every day. But you had to like <laughs> come up with a list of things that you did wrong. And, it, you know, I remember the language was, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's... And you were supposed to say, it's been three weeks since my last confession. But in our case, we had to say, this is my first confession. Hmm. We rehearsed that over and over again. The fact that I remember it decades and decades later. Okay, not decades and decades. Yeah, I was just going to say, you want to tell everybody how old Well, I'm are. trying to think, how old, how old are you in grade two? Like seven? Wow. So I'm 41 now. So it was a long time ago. And you, you had to say what you did wrong and how many times you did it. 
wow. Did you not know that? Uh, no, I, I mean, I understand the principle of confession, but the first <laughs> time that you go, I just kind of wonder, it must be kind of f- cute maybe to hear the kids talk about things that they've done, they think that they've done wrong. Oh, I didn't but, get details. Like we were just told to say like, I lied to my parents four times. I'm like, man, I lied to my parents like <laughs> 15 <laughs> times a day. Since I got here, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally lying right now. But yeah, confess is just a, such a strong word. But I do, I, we should go back to this Sorry. I think it's really helpful for everyone to think about if you do want to share something with your partner that, you know, borders on confession, is it about assuaging your own guilt at the expense of potentially causing further harm to your partner? Well, the first thing I think of is I think about my situation in this. And I, if it was you and I, I absolutely would want to tell you, but I would be doing exactly that. I'd be assuaging my own guilt because I would just feel like I couldn't live with it kind of hanging over my head but that's not to make you feel better that's to make me feel better yeah and I I don't I'm I want to say I'm not being clear-cut here I'm not saying well you shouldn't tell but the flip side is that after you cheat and you hold it in you might hold back or withdraw or punish yourself or sabotage the relationship or add pressure Mm -hmm. related to perfectionism um, or otherwise act out of character in, in ways that could damage the relationship anyway because you haven't been honest. And that too, of course, can cause harm and your partner doesn't have any context to understand why this is going on. You know, you'll often hear people say that, of course, honesty is important to a relationship. And you'll hear people say total honesty is essential after an affair. But the reality is that there are many couples who go on and have happy, fulfilling relationships without total honesty. And I know this is scary to hear, but I can tell you that I've met many, 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 many couples. I mean, many in which there was an untold, an untold affair. And my observation, and this is just anecdote, okay, is that they're not more or less dysfunctional than other couples who either haven't had a secret affair or who who have had an affair and confessed to it and work through it. And I've heard some therapists say that you should tell them if you have an affair, if it might happen again, or if it was like a long-term thing. But then I've heard them say, oh, but you shouldn't tell if it was a one-time thing and if it'll never happen again. And if there's a chance they could find out or if they're asking you, you should lean toward telling them. But the bottom line is, I just don't know that there are any universal truths when it comes to how to manage relationships and cheating. And of course, in an ideal world, we're honest with each other, okay? But in a realistic world, this doesn't work for everyone. And I think, actually, I think this is an important discussion to have in the hypothetical. And maybe, maybe not everyone's in a place in their relationship where they can do that. But I was thinking... You know, if I change the math of this relationship to kind of apply to ours and I say, okay, we've been together 20 years. If I cheated on you four years ago, would you want me to tell you now? And this isn't right or wrong for anyone else. This is Mm -hmm. for you, Brandon. Yeah, I I think I would want to know. I also think that depending on the circumstances around it, I feel much more capable today of working through that in our in the context of our relationship whereas 20 years ago when we got together 
I think it would have been a lot harder. Like it was very much a hard, it's like, if you do this, meaning cheating in this example, this is wrong grounds for separation or grounds to terminate the relationship. Whereas now I feel like I need to under, I would want to understand why, what happened that caused it and can we work through it moving forward? So, wow. Like, it's just, it, it's a lot. And I think you hit the nail on the head. There's no definitive answer. Like you should do this. I think it's very based on, very much based on the relationship and the individual. I mean, tell me, you you know people mm-hmm. who have cheated. Yes. And their partners don't know. Uh, yes, I, I, I definitely do. And some of them have happy relationships and some of them have not so happy relationships, mm-hmm. I presume. And it may or not, may not be contingent upon whether or not they've cheated. Mm-hmm. It's not for me to say, um, you know, that that's the way I feel. It's not for me to say, and I think they have to work through it. I also think like if, if it was our relationship, what, what, what were the underlying issues that existed before the cheating happened that we might want to address? Like, is there something there that we can get at as well? Because there's just, anyway, there's a lot. Well, I think that's... That's the deficit model, that I cheated because there was something lacking. But that's not the reason. I mean, that is the reason in many cases, but mm-hmm. it's not always the reason. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, it has to do with impulse. It has to do with opportunity. It has to do with, you know, using drugs or alcohol. It has to do with, I don't know, just a drive to... Some people don't care about being honest, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, there are people who just don't care to be honest with themselves or with their partners. You know, I don't know if I'd want you to confess to me years later. I gotta mm. tell you, that word confess is strong. It for powerful. me for me it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'd want you to reveal it years later. So on one hand, I'll be honest, I like the idea of control that comes from knowing and working through. Mm-hmm. Being like, I know every card that could possibly on the ta- be on the table. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a sense of desiring control for me. Now, on the other hand, if things are going really, really well now, like let's say we're in this relationship right now that I feel so good in, I wonder, do I want the burden of working through it? Like mm. I, I got to tell you, I'd be so devastated by the fact, not by the cheating, because, you know, I'm pretty open about certain things, but about, sorry, not by the, I shouldn't say that. It's not the cheating. It's not the sex. It's, nope. it's the fact that you would keep something from me for so long mm-hmm. and I've said to you before that I don't think cheating is in the top three or five uh, in terms of the worst things you could do to this relationship or in this relationship. You know, I feel actually, and maybe this is scary to say, I feel confident we could work through it. I don't feel like that's like a hall pass for you to be like, oh, Jess doesn't really care. I'll go behind her back. But I suppose... I guess if it was a momentary blip, part of me is selfish and wouldn't really want to support you through it. <laughs> like if I had the choice and it was like, ah, oh, I'm never going to know. But one thing that's scary for me to talk about is that if I'm as happy and I feel as loved as I do right now, I don't know that I'd want that shaken. And at the same time, I'd be so blind sighted because I have a lot of trust and, and faith um, just real trust in you. I feel like we've created a, din- a dynamic in which I hope you can tell me anything and ask for anything and be open to making changes and moving boundaries. So if you were to want something, 
I, I feel like we've created a, a space where you could come tell me. So I would be really confused as to why you would do it behind my back. And I'd have so much difficulty understanding why. Yeah, I agree. I think that ultimately it would be the, the violation in our relationship of trust more so than necessarily the action. Um, I mean, I, I do. I, I feel the same way. I think it would just be such a surprise, number one. And then number two, I'd be so, I would feel very hurt that it happened and you didn't, I mean, I guess I think immediately that you didn't tell me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I have, I have, I feel a great amount of trust and respect for you. Um, I know, I, I mean, you travel the world six months of the year, you're gone, you're out. I don't know where you are most of the time. R.I.P. travel. (laughs) What is that? It's gone now. Oh, R.I.P. travel, yes. One day it will return. Yes. But there are days uh, where I have to check your calendar to know where you are. And without Find My Friends, (laughs) I feel like sometimes I wouldn't know. So I think it would just be that I trust you so much that that trust would have been I think violated that that would be a really hard thing for me to kind of come to terms with again in the future if things were to revert back to you know this the this type of work and the amount that you were gone all the time you you really demonstrate to me that you trust me uh, and it makes me trust you mm-hmm. uh, you know so it's it's I'm thinking about some nights where I'll do an event and then sometimes I'll go out for drinks with the group mm-hmm and then sometimes those drinks lead to like a nightclub. And I'm, I'm thinking about this night <laughs> where I was in, I can't even remember what city, but I was in India and I ended up back at one of the guy's friend's houses where he had like this insanely amazing personal bar and pool. And it was like a small party. Maybe there were, I don't know, 12 of us or something. And I remember I was out till basically sunset. It was like I was young again. You mean, s- hold on, sunrise. <laughs> you got that backwards there. <laughs> I was at the sunset. I stayed up till we 8 p.m. We had dinner at 3. Um, <laughs> yes, I meant sunrise. Yeah. So I remember taking, I can't remember who took me home back to the hotel, but I, you know, I remember telling you the story and mm-hmm. telling you like how cool it was. And yeah, this, and it sounded like an awesome story. This guy's bar was so cool. He had all this like, you know, the type of liquor. If anyone's ever flown through like the super fancy airports like Dubai, they have these, you know, very, very rare bottles of alcohol that you know, I would never buy or could never afford to buy. But this guy had like this collection. He had them all. He had them all. But I remember thinking that I know that some people would have a problem with not being able to kind of really understand who were you with and what were you doing and what would motivate you to stay out all night. But honestly, I was just having good conversation. I'm pretty sure there was karaoke. Oh, yeah. awesome. That's how you understand it, right? Yeah. But no, I really do. And And when you tell me these stories, I just inherently, like the default to me is complete and total trust. So I think it's that if that trust had was violated in our relationship, that I would just have such difficulty in the future with the the that same kind of environment and it would really eat at me and i think it would it would require a lot of reflection and probably a lot more therapy to get through the 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 trust issue again if it was violated well and the reason i bring up our situation and ask you how you feel in the hypothetical and share how i would feel in the hypothetical is because i think it can be a a useful conversation mm-hmm. for folks. So I'm kind of using this question as a reminder that we can talk about how would you feel if, what would you do if? And I think there, there are more questions, you know, what what would you want me to do if I was feeling a really strong attraction to someone else? Mm. And we, we've agreed to monogamy, 
but I'm feeling this. And so can I come to you? Can I talk about that? Mm -hmm. My hope is that we could. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel that, yes, that is how I feel. I mean, there's no question there. Even if it's difficult, I, I feel like f for us, keeping it in would be the harder piece. If you felt something for somebody else, I feel like it would it would actually impact the relationship if you didn't tell me. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe I'm just thinking about I it mean, from not, my own perspective. Not just attraction. Like attraction is attraction. Yeah. But you mean if I felt like a... I don't know, like pursuing something with someone else? Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about my situation. I, mm -hmm. I think if I felt that way about somebody, I think it would eat at me. And as you had previously mentioned, manifest itself in different ways in our relationship. That would mean I would start pulling away from you. I'm guessing. Okay. Maybe I would pull away. Maybe I wouldn't be as warm. Maybe I wouldn't touch you as much or maybe all of these things. And ultimately for me, not having this conversation would create discomfort in other aspects of our relationship. So for, again, I would want to disclose it because I feel like we could work through it and find solutions. And I hope that if the roles were reversed and you felt that way, that you could come to me and have that conversation as difficult as it might be for both of us, if it was, you know, just depending. Yeah. And I've always said to you, like, I, I want this relationship to be a space where you can have everything you want, right? Like I hate the idea of holding you back. So I know that's a slightly different conversation and mm -hmm. I brought it back to us, but I just think that, I don't know, maybe that's a conversation you want to start with your partner to even say, hey, I was listening to this and, you know, just said this and it made no sense to me. Here's how I feel, right? Yeah. You don't have to agree with us. We're just sharing our perspectives. So I think we should go back to the question, uh, the, the really important piece of this question, which was how to move on and feel deserving of love. And I think it begins with forgiving yourself. So this doesn't mean that you don't take accountability for your actions, but you can be accountable and sorry and offer yourself forgiveness. And, ooh, you know, polarities are really intense, this idea of good or bad or loving, like a loving partner or a toxic partner or a faithful partner or an unfaithful partner. But I think it's important to remember that we all kind of embody all of these things along a continuum so you can be good you know most of the time and sometimes you do something bad and if and I'm not trying to dismiss this and say oh it's no big deal that's not what I'm suggesting but in terms of practicing self-compassion I think it can be helpful to look at the course of your relationship and over the course of your relationship you didn't spend it cheating you cheated on one or two one and a half of the 4,000 days you've been together and again, I'm not, I don't want to be dismissive or minimize cheating, but I just want to emphasize that you can forgive yourself because I think the polarization of behavior and identity can be really debilitating and we need to move past that. And, and forgiveness often starts with admitting what you're feeling, which you named in your question as shame and guilt and feeling undeserving of love. And this is, this is a really good place to start. And it's so important because your feelings are functional. Feeling guilty often means that your behavior doesn't align with your values. This is so important. I feel badly because what I did doesn't align with the person I want to be. So you know your values. And you probably want to align your behaviors with your values. And you're already doing that. And I think some people get so stuck in their guilt that they get defensive or blame others or lash out. And you're not doing that right? Like you're taking responsibility. And 
So that's with the guilt. Guilt can be maybe a little more straightforward. Now, shame and feeling undeserving, I think those experiences can run a little deeper and they can be tied to feeling unworthy. But I'd say that the reminder that you know your values, you want to be a good partner, you're a better partner now than ever, you're committed to the relationship, you're willing to do the work, I think those are really great places to start to hopefully remind yourself that you are worthy of love. Now, you don't have to be perfect to be worthy. And you'll often, you'll often hear that shame breeds in secrecy or that the solution to shame is to disclose. So I'm really glad you're talking to your friends. It can be really suffocating to, to deal with shame on your own. So I wonder if you can go a little deeper into these conversations and share how you're feeling, you know, with these friends a little deeper or maybe in another forum with a therapist or a counselor who can be supportive and help you work toward feeling more worthy. And you'll probably find that the more you share, the more the shame erodes away, which goes back to why some people do tell their partners to kind of deal deal with their own shame, not to actually repair the relationship. Um, you know, you said that you don't plan on telling your partner, which is, you know, obviously your prerogative. So I'd really continue to explore outlets for opening up and sharing this this shame, like I said, with friends or a professional, because I, I think that's going to help to kind of alleviate some of that burden. And, you know, another part of forgiving yourself might also involve focusing on the good in you. You know, what makes you a good partner? Yes, okay, you've done something you deeply regret, but what have you done that makes you feel really proud as a partner or worthy or loving or just, I don't know, generally a good partner? And so can you find some balance? You know, I imagine you've done much more good than harm. And I'm not saying that erases the harm, but you've probably spent proportionally much more time Focus on focusing on the specific incidents of harm than the general good you bring to your partner's life. I mean, I'm listening to what you have to say, and, and I just shake it like nodding and agreeing with everything that you're saying. But I, I think we live, we it's such a short period that we're here, and not forgiving yourself and not, um, and just beating yourself up can really wear at you. And I, I just think it's important to, like you said, take accountability for what you've done, however that is, really focusing in on the good. But I'm like, just coming from that perspective of cutting yourself a little slack for just a moment. It's not that you have to let it go forever, but just just to move forward from there, because I, I just don't think that it's worth focusing on indefinitely and just keeping beating yourself down yeah I really feel I feel for you and you're not alone a lot you know there are a lot of people in this position and you may want to also look at scripts that hinder you from practicing this self-compassion so I think so many of us grow up with scripts that require that we are 100% perfect all of the time and we really focus on that in order to avoid negative consequences or we we grew up with messages that we're not worthy of love unless we fulfill and check every single box. And we carry these messages right into our adult attachments. And we have to do the work to rewrite these scripts. So if you don't trust that you are worthy of love, any misstep can further reinforce this belief. So it can be helpful to kind of go back to, you know, how do you feel in terms of attachment? What messages around perfectionism did you receive? What messages around 
being worthy and deserving of love did you receive? And I was thinking of a client who, who found that writing an apology letter to their partner and to themselves helped them to kind of work through what they were feeling. So, you know, everything you want to say to your partner that you're not even going to say, right? You never have to send it or give it to them can be a little bit uh, cathartic and help to elucidate, you know, what you're feeling and allow you to sit in those feelings and not have to analyze them, right? We don't have to analyze every single feeling. We can just feel things sometimes. I I also wanted to touch on one thing that I picked up from your message that might have just been about providing me with context. But also might have been part of a rationalization. And I want to be clear, I'm definitely not accusing you of that, but I think it's worth bringing up for everybody listening. So you mentioned that you were at a really low point in your relationship when you slept with the other person. And I totally hear you. And I also want to bring up the concept of rationalization and how this can sometimes interfere with being accountable, which interferes with assuaging the guilt. So again, this may not be the case for you, but I think it's a good general general reminder that when we screw up, we just, we have to admit it. I did this thing. I don't have a good excuse. I may look at my motivation to help understand, but I'm also committed to not doing it again, regardless of circumstances, because it just doesn't align with my values. So I think this is a big part of working toward acceptance, which of course is tied to self-compassion and forgiveness and if you do want to i'm giving you kind of lots of options things that are coming to mind for me if if you want to think about what you were feeling and kind of reflect upon it you could also think about okay what was i going through at the time what was i feeling and what would i do differently moving forward so if if we were to find ourselves in that same situation again Do I remember what it felt like in my body? Do I remember where my thoughts took me and how am I going to change my behavior accordingly? And this this is just a part of the learning process, right? What did you learn about your needs? What did you learn about your insecurities? What did you learn about your communication style, your boundaries, your relationship? Because some of these reflections might help you to focus on kind of the growth piece rather rather than the guilt and shame. So I know this is a lot and I hope this is helpful and I really hope you know that you you can absolutely work through the guilt and the shame and feel more worthy of love because because you are worthy. You know, you need love even if you've hurt someone you love. Listen, we've all hurt people we love in in different ways and I think this ties into the belief that Sexual infidelity is the ultimate transgression, right? Like the worst way you can possibly hurt a partner when in fact, this is not universally the case. You know, I can speak for myself and say that it isn't. I can speak for the hundreds and hundreds of couples I've heard from who have been through cheating or infidelity and healed and moved on. So yes, for some people, it can be devastating and catastrophic to the relationship, but it doesn't have to be and it isn't in all cases So I really just kind of wish you the best in your healing journey and I hope you will think about and let yourself feel those feelings and work in whatever process works for you. There's so much great in everything you've said. And when you tell, when you talk to me about the number of people um, that cheat in relationships percentage-wise, I mean, this conversation applies in some way, shape, or form to a lot of people. Yeah, so the data suggests that it's in the range of 24% who admit that they've cheated. And I think it's higher than that. 
I think, I mean, again, cheating means different things to different people. And we haven't even talked about that, but I've talked about it so many times that there is no way to define cheating. So cheating, I guess, is about violating the terms to which you've agreed, right? And so those terms could be totally different for you and me versus somebody else. But yeah, you're right. This is such a relevant topic. So I hope that I hope that, first of all, that it's helpful to to you, to the person who wrote in. And I hope that it, you know, motivates others to have conversations about, you know, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'd like to be able to talk about. How would you feel if? Like another conversation we were having with friends the other day had to do with should you tell if you know or you think someone else's partner is cheating? Don't put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) well my friend a very good friend of mine said i'd want you to tell me Hmm. right and you've seen come on everybody's seen situations where you think you're helping by telling somebody something and they kind of either didn't want to know or Mm. let's be honest they already knew Mm -hmm. and it's the shame and embarrassment of others knowing that Mm -hmm. leads to the catastrophe not the affair itself yeah i mean there's a lot i mean i was cheated on and i found out from a third party and glad i found glad i was told um but i think it was eating at that person <laughs> oh the friend it was eating at that friend mm. that subsequently told me and uh if, you know obviously i i in retrospect i mean i did i appreciated that that person disclosed to me but that's me i mean different people and had you broken up already no Wait. oh not at that point so oh, i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh about it now. I can laugh about it now. You weren't yeah. laughing then, I'm I was sure. not at that point. I was like, what? <laughs> so I think these are just good conversations to have, even in the hypothetical, even though they're hard. Like I feel, you can probably hear in my voice, I feel uncomfortable uh, a little bit talking about this because it's it's scary. Like I don't want to envision you cheating on me. But every time you start a conversation, especially in the hypothetical, it uh, for us, it's, I find it strengthens the relationship. Like, yeah. I find it always, not, not always, mo- the majority of the time, I walk away feeling better. Yeah, I like having these conversations with you. I'm thankful. I'm actually thankful that the podcast in some way forces us oh my goodness. to sit down and talk. Yeah, it definitely so. does. And it, and it inspires conversations outside of the podcast. No, I only talk to you on that's the podcast. It. Yeah, well, that's where I get it. most of the information. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sending in your question. Thank you for sharing. I know it's not an easy topic to discuss. Thank you to you for listening. And a big thanks to letsgetcheck.com for their ongoing support. Please do check them out and use code Dr. Just to save. Folks, happy to have hung with you for a little bit this week, wherever you're at. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. 